Welcome to Speaking On Demand, a podcast that breaks down the keynote speaking marketplace with speaker interviews, industry trends, and agent insights. I'm your host, Aaron Rayberg, speaker agent for Capital City Speakers Bureau. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I sit down with Terry Foster, healthcare speaker and emergency room nurse. Terry is one of my favorite healthcare speakers to work with, and here is a formal introduction of Terry. Terry is a diploma graduate of the Christ Hospital School of Nursing in Cincinnati and received his master's degree in critical care and trauma nursing from the University of Cincinnati College of Nursing. He's held several positions of volunteer ward clerk, LPN, staff nurse, charge nurse, critical care instructor, clinical director, and night supervisor at the Mercy Hospitals of Cincinnati, Ohio, and at St. Elizabeth Medical Center in Northern Kentucky. His primary area of nursing experience has been in the emergency department and in critical care units. Terry has authored more than 35 professional publications and has worked his lectures on a wide variety of clinical topics at nursing seminars and conferences throughout the United States having lectured in all 50 states. Terry is also a TV celebrity and is featured on the Untold Stories of the ER, which can be found on Netflix. One of the most positive people that I know and one of the more fun speakers that we work with, Terry Foster. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Speaking On Demand. Today, I am very excited to have a guest speaker, one of our favorite speakers to work with. He is a healthcare humorist, an ER nurse, and does all kinds of, um, all kinds of fun things. I'm happy to be here with Terry Foster. Terry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. So Terry, I, I have to just get right into this and ask you, how are you doing? How is your team doing? Thank you so much for everything that you do on the front lines um, in the ER at St. Elizabeth's. And I just want to check on you and your team and see how everything's going for you. Sure. Uh, I would tell you, man, this, it has been the best of times and the worst of times. I do not quote literature often, but that's the best way to summarize this. The camaraderie amongst the staff, um, how we're working well together, how we're pitching in, we're just doing whatever we need to do to get it done, sticking together is very admirable. I have never been more proud to be an RN than I have been these past six months, uh, just with what all we face, but also it has just been the worst of times as far as seeing people who are so sick, people who come in who have died without their family there, where the nurses intervene and act like their families and, and uh, communicate with their families as to what's going on. That's grueling stuff. I, I've been a nurse a long time. This is the worst thing that I've ever seen. Um, and I uh, have been to Hurricane Katrina. I worked the night Beverly Hills Supper Club burned down in Kentucky in 1977. I've work through the Ebola stuff. I mean, you know, not to be negative, it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. But I am telling my coworkers, we are living and working during a historic moment right now and take it all in because this truly is history. But um, 
I think we're doing okay. Um, I see some physical changes in some of the staff that I've worked with over the past six months and also some mental changes as far as just draining and things like that. But we're very cognizant of that and kind of checking in with each other and trying to make sure that's going okay, but very on top of it. Yeah, to what you're saying too, I on the speaking side of things, I am receiving a lot of requests right now from hospitals, healthcare groups, and a, a main undertone or a theme that I'm hearing is um, we need someone that can come in and talk to our people about how to cope with the COVID-19 situation, how to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our bodies so that we can take care of others, how to deal with the stress and the uncertainty. And I, I really can't think of a better speaker, Terry, in a better positive person than you to, to address some of those things. So I have to ask you, you've been an RN for a long time. You've been wearing the mask longer than we ever have. I mean, this is a lot of, for a lot of us, five or six months now of wearing a mask a couple hours a day. How do you, such a positive person who relies on humor, how do you convey those emotions, humor, empathy, sorrow, everything that you need to communicate behind a mask. What are some of your tips for that, for maybe just the rest of us that aren't even in healthcare out there? Sure. I, I tell you, I think there's a lot that we're much more in tune as far as nonverbal communication and things like that. But I remember one time I had a little old patient who had COVID and I had all the PPE on. This lady was at 90 and I, you know, I have all this on and I'm like, I'm going to take good care of you. And she said, I can't hear you, honey. I'm hard of hearing. And I said, I'm going to take good care of you. And uh, with that, this lady said, honey, I can't hear what you're saying, but I can tell you're smiling through your eyes. And I thought I was going to bust out crying. And she was COVID positive and, and very sick. But I mean, what a sweet thing to say. But this lady, she, you can still communicate those things to people, even though it may not be like just, you know, the verbiage, the nonverbal lot, but then just also how you conduct yourself and those kind of things, but also communication with coworkers. Um, and, and I communicate with my coworkers. I mean, I'm, I'm, what can I do for you? How can I help you out? Sometimes I see somebody coming out of a COVID room. They've been in full PPE for an hour. It's like, they need a little break. You know, first off, you're thirsty as all get out. And you can stand there and drink like three cups of water right away. But they're a little mentally drained. Like, let me go with that patient or let me take your other patients or let, let me do that. And I like to do that because I just sort of like to be a person that my staff can rely on if they need something. Um, an interesting thing, I've always thought this was such a compliment. Whenever I've spoken, it's always nice to get great evaluations, of course. But when a nurse comes up to me or somebody that works in the hospital comes up to me and says, I wish I could work with you. I'm like, that is such a nice thing. They just met, they didn't even meet me one-on-one. -on -one. They just heard me talk for an hour. But what a compliment that is. Or if they say to me, you have worked in my hospital before. You had to have. And I'm like, no, I've worked in Kentucky and Ohio my whole life. They're like, no, you worked here. I get, you know too much, you know? And I'm like, no, I just know how hospitals work. I know how nurses work. And I know, you know, the humor that we share that can be a little sick and a little crazy, but I also know how we cope. 
and we cope when we rely on each other we cope through humor and sometimes we don't cope sometimes we just cry and we get it out and then we move on and kind of all those different ways are ways that i found that are best to kind of get through this you know i have been following you on facebook since we started working together several years back i don't know if you remember the first event we did together but uh it was a really obscure way that we met i received a request to put on some kind of crazy healthcare training that I had never heard of before. And I did a Google search for it. And I really had a lot of trouble finding somebody in the continental United States that could handle that training. And one of the, the you know, deep down on the Google page was a guy named Terry Foster. So I know wow. that you've got a, yeah, I know that you've got a tremendous following out there. And one of the things on Facebook that I noticed that, um, that people have, have done for you in kind of like, just to say, thank you is, they've been leaving things on your porch, like little gifts. And you've called Eggman, what's on Terry's porch today? Um, yes. I just think that's so cool. Do, do you have like, did you have like maybe like a favorite gift or really thoughtful leave behind that you wanted to share? Because I, I just think if you really want to make a healthcare workers day right now, that, that's just a really fun idea. Absolutely. And you know, there's not one, but there were several, Aaron. And most of them were the fact that you know, uh, especially, you know, now it's a little better, but especially the end of March, all through April and May, grueling days, 14, 15 hour days, and there was nothing else to do but work and go home and then work and go home. And, and you know, because nothing was open, but to have just this rough day and to come home and here's a card on your front porch. And sometimes it was a gift card or just a little thing of flowers or, uh, thing like hang in there and thanks for doing that one time there was a case of beer I didn't refuse that you know I mean just little, <laughs> no. little things like, like no not at all in a sign somebody put a sign in my yard that said you know thank you for doing this one time somebody drew sidewalk uh, chalk on my sidewalk about a, a he um <coughs> pardon me a hero lives here just little things like that like how nice is that but a lot of them were things not really directed to me, but they left them here and said, here, here's $100 for Chick-fil-A, buy the nurse's lunch tomorrow in the COVID unit. And, you know, little things like that. And some people were like, aren't you afraid that people know where you live and you don't know who they are? And I was like, actually, no, you know, I have a security system on my house, but <laughs> I, I wasn't afraid of that. And they just put it on the porch. And most of these people, I didn't even see, as a matter of fact, I even have a security, uh, uh, you know, camera on the porch. I couldn't even tell who the people were. I don't even know if I knew them, but they just knew I, li I live in Northern Kentucky and everybody knows everybody. And so it was just, it's just such a kind thing to do. Sometimes they were masks, sometimes they were cloth head coverings, things like that, or hair coverings and stuff that were just so nice and so, so needed, which was r really a, a neat thing. And just very reassuring. It really was. As I said, I've never been more proud to be a nurse and that people take the time to do that meant so much and still does. Yeah. I mean, it just goes, it speaks volumes for the support that, that you have down there. Um, that's so that's fantastic. So for those of you who don't know, Terry has done a stint on Netflix and the show that he's featured on is called the untold stories of the ER. I've, I've never really asked you this question, Terry, but how, how in the heck did you get lined up with that show? And do you have maybe like a fun story that you can share about one of the episodes if, if someone is listening that maybe hasn't seen that show? 
Sure. Um, actually, I do a continuing education program on bizarre and spectacular cases in the ER. And about, it was 11 years ago, one of the producers was kind of Googling some unusual cases and it came up that I did that talk. And she called me and said she was a producer for the show and she, they wanted to feature me on the show. And could they come hear me do this talk, which was in Seattle? I thought someone was playing a joke on me. I, I was like, yeah, right. Okay, they want me for a TV <laughs> show. And so, um, so anyway, they, this, these two young ladies who were producers came to hear me do this talk and they said, you did really great. We can't use you on the show though. And I said, okay, well, you know, I don't know why or what, you know, it was their pursuit. And they said, well, you know, we don't have nurses on the show. We just have doctors. And I said, well, why do you just have doctors? And they said, well, doctors run the show and they tell the nurses what to do in the ER and that's what we want to follow and I was like oh I'm going to have a stroke right now I said let me tell you <laughs> this is what I do as a nurse okay so if you want me or not and so actually I was the first nurse to ever be on the show they had always had physicians on there and I love my docs to get along with them fine but they we had some script changes because like one time I walked in and and there was a trauma patient and the doctor came in the room according to the script and was going to say Terry start two IV stat and I said I would have those IVs in the patient before the doctor ever got to the room and so it's kind of a pro nursing thing but also they had a genuine interest in making it as realistic as possible and so uh, that's been nice to do that and now they have a nurse advisor for the show as well so um, the highest rated episode is one I filmed and uh, I'll keep this PG rated but uh, a couple was camping and they were drunk and they were high and the girlfriend or uh, they had a camp stove that had a knob missing on the front of a Coleman's camp stove and the girlfriend dared her boyfriend to put his penis through that hole on the camp stove <laughs> and uh and he did and it got stuck and um they tried everything to get him removed from it and the more they tried he became more engorged and so they had to come to the er he walked in the er with this sleeping bag draped over this large object i had no idea what it was and just a comedy of things that happened that night the guy was in a lot of pain and all the things we had to do to remove himself from the stove we had our maintenance man fainted all these kind of things that is the highest <laughs> rated episode of the show most viewed most talked about uh whatever all the things on there and it's a true story so you know i've saved lives you know fortunately being an er nurse hopefully i've coded patients defibrillated people i've delivered babies but in 43 years, I'm known as a nurse that took care of the guy that put his wing-wang in a stove, okay? So I mean, <laughs> it, just, it, it just comes right down to that, you know, but so, that, that's a true story. And I'm sure everybody is um, wanting to click on that episode right now. So I'll be sure to leave a link to that in the show it's notes. On, it's, that's hilarious. It's on, on YouTube. Yes. YouTube, best way to watch it. So, yeah, for sure. Well, so, so you recently did a talk out in Boston too. Uh, we, we got you set up with a client out there. Um, yeah. So you and I have both shared an experience where we've both flown recently, stayed in a hotel recently. Do you have any comments or thoughts about traveling right now? How did everything go for you? It went very well. I have traveled three times in the past three months. The first two times were for two different airlines and I did not feel really uh, very safe as far as COVID kind of things. And the third airline, which I will say was Delta, um, top 
notch how they treated everything. It was uh, separated seating, hand sanitizer, pay, uh, little wipes were given to you when you came on. We even got a text, they're sanitizing the plane now, things like that. It was very well done, but I felt pretty safe. I had masks on everywhere. Actually, when I first traveled in June, not a lot of people were wearing masks, and now obviously it's, it's mandated much more. I did feel much safer the last time, but I tell you what, I also feel safer at work because I think when this all first hit, March, April, you know, Aaron, there was a lot of times we didn't know exactly what we were doing because emails and information and events were changing so quickly that, you know, they would send us an email at seven in the morning and say, start doing this. And then that night they'd say, yeah, don't do that anymore. Now they're saying do this because we didn't know what we were facing. Now we feel much, I feel much better as an RN and what we're facing, what precautions, what things we need to do as well as patient care management. Uh, so I feel much more comfortable about those things now. And that's obviously just come through experience. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I had a pretty positive experience flying as well. And uh, I filmed an episode, recorded an episode a week ago or so about that experience. So if anyone's interested in, in hearing my experience with Southwest, it was, it was a very positive experience as well. So good. Hey, so while we're on the topic of COVID-19, since everyone has kind of been resorting to staying at home, and um, I think there are a lot of people that are reluctant to go in to hospitals and the ER unless they really have to or are really sick, um, this topic and this, and this concept of telehealth is becoming more and more practiced and accepted. Um, my family, we've had an opportunity to kind of experiment with that a little bit. Are you seeing any application for that like as a, as a pre-check before going into the ER or how do you think telehealth is going to stick around? Oh, I, I think it's here to stay. Um, but we, we uh, have had a lot of our patients have said I did the telehealth, but I felt like I couldn't do that anymore because I'm too sick. And, and that's right, because there's, there's limitations to that as well. But it is so convenient for people. It's so helpful. And there's a lot of things that you can kind of manage and assess it, with telehealth now, which I think are so much better. And I forget what our numbers were, but you know, we had very few of those occurring before March. And then it's just crazy. There's thousands of telehealth visits that we have now. And you, you can't beat it in a lot of ways. We do see people waiting though, a lot of times to come into the ER. We are not as busy as how we first were uh, before this happened. And um, that's a little scary because sometimes people are waiting when they have stroke symptoms or an heart attack symptoms or things like that. So we're trying to tell people, yeah, come on in. And we keep the COVID patients away from the non-COVID patients. And we also screen, um, uh, uh, you know, any visitors, we screen all of our patients, obviously, but any visitors, we limit the visitors. I'll tell you something funny. I had a guy came in last week. I was a triage. He said, can I come back and see my mom? He was in his 30s, and I looked. She was not a COVID patient. I said, yeah, you can come back. I just need to screen you first. He goes, you do? And I said, yeah. He goes, I'm going to tell you right now from Saturday night, that pot's not out of my system. I said, buddy, all I got to do is check your temperature. He was like, oh, crap, sorry. Okay. It's like, well, well, too <laughs> much information there, buddy. He okay. thought he was getting a drug screening. Oh, I'm like, I think he's been screened before a few times. So, uh, but it is kind of funny because people don't really know what screened means exactly. So, 
But we are doing a lot of that and we're very, very safe about that. I think a hospital is actually a pretty safe to be place to be right now. That's good to hear. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to have seen you speak and I saw you deliver your, your nursing humor talk. One of the things that you mentioned in there and uh, one of the reasons I guess you've been able to assemble and collect so many hilarious stories and interesting stories in your experiences is early on in your career, you started to keep a, a journal or a notebook, yep. right? Of all the yep. kind of obscure things that happened. And that's yep. sort of morphed into some of your, your talk content, right? Very much so. And I never, I wouldn't really call it a journal. I just had a yellow legal pad in my locker. And I remember when I would go to ER uh, get togethers or parties or whatever, and I would hear someone telling a story about a patient. And it was usually, I didn't have a lot of experience in it. And to hear that story and how it sort of weaved itself, I, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I'm not sure I would have thought of a patient doing that or it going that way. So there's a lot of learning in, you know, clinical uh, hospital experiences and storytelling that goes along with that. And so I would just write a sentence down or a word down that I wanted to remember that a patient said or whatever, never thinking in a hundred years that I would ever, you know, talk about that. But I would include those when I would have to do kind of a dry topic on arterial blood gas as well or, you know, 12 lead EKG, wow, wow. But so I would just try and include like a funny story or two in there to keep the participants interested. And then that just kind of worked into like, you know, a humor talk. And, and there's many times where after a talk that when people will come up to me and they'll say, I've got one you can use. And I'm like, you know what? I thank you, but I'm not using that. That's your story. I'm using the stories that happen to me because I don't use stories that you know, happened to a, an uncle that works in a bar that told my next door neighbor. <laughs> he, these are these are my stories, and you should write those down because everyone in healthcare has said you can't make this stuff up. Everyone in healthcare has said we could write a book, and I think that that is so true. I know when I when I first graduated college, I went to work in a in a warehouse for a retail company, and there were a handful of stories that I probably should have written down because if I ever go out there and speak one day, I, I would really want to draw on some of those crazy experiences. Um, so oh, yeah. I can yeah. relate different industry, but the same, uh, same interesting stuff going on. Well, yeah, very much so. I, I know you're, you're a busy man, Terry. You, you spoke for a hospital association earlier this morning. You're headed back into the ER later today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share or, um, anything you'd, else you'd like to leave for any of the healthcare listeners out there before we wrap up today? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, obviously it's a thing about just, you know, hang in there. You know, we're getting through this. As I said, uh, you know, it's been unprecedented and historic times, but I think we're getting through it and figuring it out. And um, I still, you know, am happy to lecture. You know, I'm actually going to New York once, uh, I think next month. So, you know, if you want a humor talk or you want something kind of fun or just maybe a little bit escape or a way to cope, you know, let me know. I'd be glad to help you out because I, I enjoy doing these talks. I enjoy connecting with people so much. And if it just gives you an hour uh, reprieve or whatever from what's going on to me, it's worth it. So. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for all the guys out there, if you are going camping this weekend, don't do anything <laughs> stupid. <laughs> don't, do, don't let your girlfriend dare you to do something, right. okay? 
Hey, it's it's always fun talking with you, Terry. Have a great day. And I look forward to working with you in the future and having you back on the show later on down the road. See you, partner. Thank you very much. Okay. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Terry Foster. I know that I did. And there's never been a better time than today to say thank you to our nurses and our frontline healthcare workers for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Stay strong, keep up the good work. And seriously, if you are a healthcare worker, if you are somebody who books speakers for your organization, please reach out. Terry is someone who can come in, whether it be virtual or in person, and he can really give your staff an uplifting talk um, that will re-energize them, make them laugh, and remind them why they got into healthcare in the first place. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll talk with you next time on Speaking On Demand. To hire a speaker for your next meeting or event, contact me at area code 217-855-6909, call or text. You can also follow me on Twitter at Aaron Rayberg, And check out my LinkedIn profile at linkedin.com slash in slash Aaron Rayberg.